this uh, topic is very close to my heart and uh, i have written in length about it uh when all this started uh, way back uh, in 2004 itself immediately after the congress government came back in power uh in uh, within a couple of years uh, a range of uh, soft bombs or i would say low intensity bombs uh, started uh, blasting across india one by one uh, uh, with a purpose and uh, there was a uh, later we came to know that there was a very very fine uh, politician jihadi nexus behind it uh, it and it was perpetrated by none other than the central government itself through its uh, top ministers and uh, later scores of people scores of scholars have written about it the recent book uh, of mr arvis money who was uh, into um, who was into ib he has written about uh, safran terror he, he, it has a book called hindu terror and he has explained all those uh, modus operandi in detail what used to happen in the home ministry what how the ib nia and cbi were misused with a defined political purpose so here i mean we'll keep this short we'll go uh, and uh, i would like to i would try to uh, explain my uh, viewers um, how it was propagated by explaining each i mean a few of very uh, uh, famous bomb blasts uh, that happened after 2004 so if uh, we recall i mean there are some uh, uh, maligao blast in maharashtra the makka masjid bombing in in hyderabad samjhota express blast was very uh, uh, well taken by the media from i mean in both uh, in the terms of building a narrative uh, behind safran terror and also kept uh, people excited about what's happening uh, about hindu terror and ultimately the 26 by 11 was uh, the culmination of it so let's go first uh, about uh, the maligao blast in 2006 this blast particularly happened uh, in maharashtra and uh, that time the home minister was if i recall well was shivraj patil and immediately after the blast uh, dr singh our ex prime minister uh, gave some very uh, vague statements very uh, conspirational statements saying that uh, despite the police uh, maharashtra police said that the explosive were a cocktail of rdx and ammonium nitrate that particular combination was used specifically by the islamist uh, groups and uh, the mumbai police had claimed that they have identified the perpetrators as well they arrested one nurul huda of uh, simi that is a student islamic uh, militant group which was operational those days but dr singh came uh, on screen uh, in front of media and said that we 
it will be inappropriate for us to rule out anything or rule in anything giving the, a, a vague statement that i mean it's not uh, sure that islamists are behind it but alas uh, sadly for uh, their plan the ats has already pramasai uh, ruled out any hands of any hindu group so that uh, went into the basket then in 2007 scores of bombs uh, bombless happened the most important of them was the samjhauta express blast this particular uh, incidents we have to uh, take up in detail because the entire conspiracy behind this uh, particular blast came out in public domain and this explains the entire modus operandi samjhauta express as we know was started by uh, vajpayee ji and it was a good gesture between uh, or it was a symbol of developing india pakistan relationship so particularly this train was picked up and the blast happened in early 2007 in february first we'll go back and look at the initial investigation initial investigation uh, simi immediately claimed responsibility uh the probe initial uh, pointed out at simi and lashkar-e-toiba one guy uh, safdar nagori he was uh, arrested and his narco test was conducted in his narco test he clearly confessed the role of simi and also the uh, some of the terrorists uh, jihadis who came from pakistan and that was his narco test uh, confessions nagori also confessed about his brother uh, i forget his name uh, i think some kamruddin uh, his brother was there and one ehtisam nasir he was from uh, both of them were from sim so the investigation was going in a line uh, through the maharashtra police but the case was handed over by the home ministry to maharashtra ats that is maharashtra uh, anti terror squad they surprisingly uh, came out with a statement saying that some colonel uh, purohit an army officer is suspected now if uh, in india if a army officer is uh, made accused of a, a bomb blast then it became like it, it was a crazy incident. and the media hype was there media all, always uh, hand in glove with the congress government uh, supported this narrative and colonel porihit was made the main accused as we see immediately pakistan picked up the issue they named colonel porohit they said that uh, there is an involvement of some hindu groups in the in the blast then the ats brought colonel porohit they arrested colonel porohit and uh, brought him to the court and they made a statement that colonel porohit was behind supplying the rdx for the uh, for this blast naturally if you are aware about uh, some media channels uh, media portals like the karawa or the tahalka 
they grabbed it and uh, they run this story i mean on a regular feature that kanal uh, purohit uh, one organization he was said to be associated with abhinav bharat that uh, abhinav bharat is behind this this bomb blast kanal purohit came back and and he made a statement in front of the court that uh, it, he was doing his job he he did infiltrated abhinav bharat and uh, his job was to mingle with the terrorists uh, and his job was to mingle with uh, these organizations to bring out the report to i mean that what's happening in india i'll come back on karnal purohit separately uh, why he was targeted but even at that time and all this uh, to remind you at this point in time shivraj patil was replaced by p chidambaram and when all this conspiracy and this uh, investing ag- investigating agencies coming into picture and taking the narrative or shifting the blame started happening and that was in 2007 end uh, i if i remember around october november this uh, shift of ministry happened and pt dambran took it on himself it it was his i mean we have written in detail we have read in detail that how he misused both the home ministry he made ib and nia fight with each other how ats was misused anyway so under p chidambaram uh, this entire narrative was uh, built through the investigating agency surprisingly uh, the army court army court of inquiry they did their own inquiry uh, around 60 uh, witness testified they gathered that uh, he was gathering intelligence and he was infiltrating extremists and army court of inquiry gave him a clean sheet but nothing doing that was ignored in the same time another report came this report came in the magin tahalka that some swami asimanand has made a con- confession that uh, rss people were behind this hmm, samjhauta bomb blast of course the havoc created and uh, congress through some mouthpieces to digvijay singh susil kumar shinde or all these folks i mean uh, the natural suspects they started talking about rss being uh, a terror organization rss is behind this despite cbi particularly claiming the responsibility of the blast when the blast happened at that time nsg did the uh, the initial study of the blast and they said that the no rdx was used but the narrative was built that rdx was used and rdx was supplied by kanal purohit even shivraj patil then when he was the home minister immediately after the blast had said that no rdx was used and new type of explosive was used but all these uh, revelations were kept aside and 
the uh, saffron terror uh, narrative was built finally uh, in 2011 or 12 maharashtra ats also had to officially backtrack that uh, kanal purohit had supplied any rds or anything behind this but till then the narrative was already built and it was spread through the media what is more shocking about this particular blast that uh, the us agencies did their own investigation the and there is a resolution of uh, united nations security council that uh, and that is still there on us side un side if anyone wants to go uh, the link they can get through my article which was published on uh, mind makers there are links and these resolutions still exist on the un security council side that some arif kasmani was uh, from lashkar e toiba who worked to facilitate this blast in samjhota express un and us both sanctioned against uh, lashkar e toiba and kasmani after their sanction pakistan uh, interior minister rahman malik he confessed he admitted that pakistani terrorists were involved but he made a rider also that uh, actually these terrorists were hired by colonel purohit himself so uh, naturally another us uh, investigative journalist uh, sebastian rutela he published a very detailed investigative report of this blast and he made uh, it public that david coleman headley along with arif uh, uh, kasmani were the main perpetrators and were behind the samjhota blast but our own intelligence agencies they were pursuing this case entirely on a different line i i don't have to say anything but naturally the question arises that why these uh evidences were not pursued why did the, our investigating agencies ignore these uh evidences why nia did not name arif kasmani as one of the accused why they did not i mean how can they ignore united nations security council or us treasury department's report which accused uh, kasmani as accused and they just ignored why they never asked for a, a deportation of kasmani from pakistan none of these steps were taken everything was ignored all these whys have only one answer that ni was nia was given a job to shift the blame from the islamists from the islamist terrorists to hindu groups and uh, i would say they were they, they were success, very successful in building this narrative but that did not end there the further blast uh, happened in 2007 itself uh, there was one blast that happened in makka masjid hyderabad again in 2007 itself 
similar line uh, no rdx was used uh, cyclotol was used the id uh, that was that blasted and that was studied and it was clear by the investigating agencies the sit of uh, hyderabad arrested a couple of uh, jihadi terrorists one was some uh, amjad abdul khaja uh, of uh, lashkar e toiba and then was another was uh, shahid bilal shahid bilal uh, belonged to an organization called uh, i always forget these names harkatul jihad al islam huji they they i mean it's near, known as huji they arrested these guys uh, the south asia terrorist portal of the us they also confirmed these uh, investigation they also added one vikar ahmed of uh, huji to be uh, in association with these guys these all these details are still there uh, and one can go and find on the, on the portals there are reports from times of india uh india today published reports about the investigation about this arrest about this uh, terror organization but immediately after this was in 2007 may but after chidambaram joining uh, becoming the home minister there was a twist in the tale again nia cbi ats everyone started uh, suspecting rss they produced again the same guy asimanand before the court saying that he has confessed uh, that rss was behind uh, this uh, uh, makamajid attack and you see makamajid attack the bomb was very uh, a small bomb i would say okay and these are placed near uh, muslim communities to make it look like that uh, some hindu groups are behind it asimanand was uh, brought to picture and the investigating agencies uh, leaked the report his uh, his statement to media and first it came in tahalka and then other friendly uh, media organizations they took it further the whole idea behind leaking this statement uh, was to build the narrative okay later it was proved that his statement was taken under duress he was tortured and uh, he was given a clean sheet by the court but by the time those uh, it happened the narrative was already built through these media leaks especially through tahalka and uh, and the tv they all were running this uh, like uh, every like a motor every day the next uh, blast was the ajmer dargah blast again similarly uh, three people died it was a small bomb but the placement was near ajmer dargah to make it look like uh, an attack on muslims five accused were arrested immediately by the ats uh again uh, asimanand was blamed for this accused for this 
and one bhavesh patel was accused for this and sunil joshi who was murdered later that time i vividly remember uh, ex raw officer rsn singh whom i i for, i used to follow those days very regularly uh, because you could not trust any media outlets uh, he made a very clear statement on uh, on the tv that uh, as per their uh, intel report it's a clear political jihadi nexus and it is perpetrated by the upa government through nia and uh, ats to frame hindu outfits and then we started reading about uh, it in detail years later it was proved uh, in the court and it through that this guy bhavesh patel was planted by the upo government and shushil kumar shinde directly uh i mean directed him to implicate mohan bhagwat and this is this was the level at which they were working they were not even working through any agents or agencies the ministers were directly involved uh that was the level of uh, their frustration i would say or the level of uh, focus with which they were operating in 2014 when the government changed uh one by one uh, the this case was brought to fast track and in a year almost 50 of witnesses they they turned hostile they all ran away they turned hostile uh, and this case was finally put into the basket asim anand was given a clean sheet and a bail so you see the maligao blast first and then uh, samjhauta express blast then the ajmer sharif ajmer darga makkah masjid they were i mean very strategically planted then came this uh, another very popular uh, case which was uh, proved as to be a a direct conspiracy of the government was again a blast in maligao in 2008 in which uh, sadvi pragya was implicated so this blast happened in 2008 both in maligao and in madosa madosa also one guy uh, died in the blast it happened on the eve of navrat uh same day ahmedabad police foiled another attack in in gujarat where 17 bombs placed differently were diffused so it was a major plot uh, this uh, september 2008 blast were i mean a plan to blast uh, across india there was a blast in delhi in which uh, nobody died but uh, and few other bombs were diffused in delhi but maligao uh, became popular because of uh, the conspiracy which came into public immediately after the blast PTI reported, and then other media outlets reported that uh, police has arrested uh, a Muslim man in connection of the bombing. But then, 
one guy hemant karkare who was the mumbai ats chief he was handed over the uh, the investigation and immediately the saffron terror angle was brought in uh, if guys remembers uh, mr karkare died in uh, the 2008 mumbai attacks also after karkare taking up the case sadhvi pragya thakur was uh, made accused and the basis was the bike used this bike belonged to sadhvi pragya thakur which she had sold in 1997 11 years back but uh, she would since she used to wear um, a saffron chola and she was self proclaimed sadhvi so it heated up then the ats brought a connection of rashtriya jagran manch and avinav bharat ke no basis was declared no no uh, connection was made but uh, these names started uh, coming uh, in the media sadhvi pragya uh, shock, made a shocking statement through uh, an affidavit uh, against the ats that she was physically and psychologically tortured she was uh, brutally beaten she was uh, i mean tortured using obscene languages in the interrogations and everything came into public later once again the same colonel porohit was again arrested in the case and bringing the connection of avinav bharat again the same guy asim anand's statements were used and a link between samjhauta and malegaon was brought in what is surprising is that these guys were in uh, under arrest for 9 years 9 years they were in the custody but the ats and nia they could not file even a charge sheet they could not bring even one evidence of their connection with the blast they were only accused and alleged what happened next after uh, later when the government changed the, uh, the court pursued the case uh, on a regular basis and ultimately both asimanand kanal purohit and uh, sadhvi pragya they are all out on bail the case is still there until uh, it is declared unless a verdict comes the case is still is going on but till date there are no charge sheets against these guys my the question that came to my mind and should come to anybody's mind that why would a government frame an army man and who was this colonel prohit when he got a clean sheet from the army a court of inquiry but he still was put in, into custody for almost a decade and i'll give a brief to my listeners about colonel purohit colonel purohit was a guy who was doing the investigative uh, he was in, into the investigative role he was the first person to bring to the notice of the intel about the badwan model he used to mingle with the terrorists he used to uh, prepare reports for the intelligence 
it was his report that brought in the uh, the nexus that the bangladeshis are crossing over and making uh, a base in west bengal it was his report that brought jamaatul mujahideen of bangladesh and jamaat e islami's nexus uh, to to the intelligence it was his report that jamaatul mujahideen was creating a base for creating an unrest in bangladesh first and then target the indian establishment he also decoded he was the one who decoded this uh, the creation of islamic nucleus of assam tripura west bengal connection the guys who were investigating him the nia that also came with us and agreed with his report that this islamic nucleus uh, plan is going on through uh, bangladesh but they were also investigating him so colonel purohit was a distinguished officer he had a very uh, fine service record but poor guy was victimized for political reasons because he possessed some fine intelligence because his the intelligence report that he had uh, was in his possession could embarrass top political uh, quarters in those days of the ruling party so he was clearly uh, targeted because he knew too much so that's the story of kanal purohit but now when we look back we are and we ask that okay all these blasts happen all these top agencies whether it is cbi nia or ib all uh, anti-terror squads of maharashtra they all were behind this investigation but till today who has been convicted the answer is no one so all this investigation did what they allowed the perpetrators to run away and they it implicated people on falsehood so naturally if you are implicating people on falsehood they will not get convicted so the overall result is zero no conviction and the perpetrators being allowed to run away why would our agencies ignore us intelligence report us intelligence report in several cases has accused let and cmi what was the reason behind ignoring it the reason was because they ridiculed any involvement involvement of any hindu organization so their intelligence reports were i mean uh, conveniently ignored the manner in which nia and cbi investigated this is definitely intriguing and unprecedented and points out that the whole idea behind these investigations were fixing uh somebody to make or to perpetuate the narrative of safrantir 
So, in a nutshell, uh, we can say that uh, it was a Sonia Gandhi-led Congress party which was behind this through its top ministers, primarily P. Chidambaram, I would say, and uh, through his investigating agencies to build this uh, narrative. And the idea behind this narrative was to create communal wedge between uh, the two communities. And only for this reason, only all their corruptions, all their financial uh, malpractices, everything keep aside. But this particular uh, conspiracy, I would say, for this, Congress of that era can never be forgiven. And that's it. that's my whole uh, narrative, my, my study about it. I have written in detail. I have written about the Ishrat Jahan case separately. That was another conspiracy in which the terrorists were said that uh, honest daughter of India. Or so this is what uh, I have to say. If uh, I would like to you guys to ask me some questions particular in in, in any uh, specific incidents or some other um, side of it i would uh, love to narrate it it is uh, really a revealing talk which you have given i want two small questions one you are saying that uh, the case is still in the court against uh, Colonel and other people, and no charge sheet has been filed for the last seven years, or eight years, or ten years. Now, how how that the court still allows this sort of thing to continue? Who is responsible for delaying justice to these people? Is there any procedure by which these people can say you finish the court, I mean uh, case and let me go? Second, it is now in public domain that Congress people, starting from Chidambaram, Subban and Company, have been involved in a lot of these underhand activities. But no action whatsoever has been taken against them so far, legally. And does it mean, does it indicate a weakness in our system to really take on people who are working against national interests? These are the two questions. Actually, you answered your question yourself. That uh, of the the cases are going in the court, and you know, I know, we all know about uh, our judiciary or the functioning of it. Also, the on part of the investigating agencies, I would say that the Congress is out of uh, government but uh, not out of establishment. They are still very much there and their hands are there and they are still able to manage these cases to prolong it. And yeah, I mean, uh, all these people, um, in my opinion, all these investigations should be put into the bin and a fresh investigation must start. Then only we can come to a conclusion, then only that there can be a justice. But uh, why the present government is not pursuing it or the way we want uh, leaves me in 
treat. But uh, yeah, I'm on the same page as you are. Uh, you said this government could open up a new set of investigations which would bring out the real truth behind uh, behind these incidents. And they have not done so, so far. Of course, we do not know why it is not so. so. What can be done to persuade this government to take up this issue more seriously? It's a very, uh, it's a question which requires a uh, few sessions. And I don't think I'm the right person to answer this. But yeah, if, if it becomes uh, of public interest, then any government uh, takes up the case. But the public has to ensure that uh, this is of their interest and their voting pattern and everything depends on uh, the merit of this case these cases 2004 se jo 2014 tak jo sarkar rahi hai upa ki sarkar rahi hai meri nazron mein wo sarkar agar hum swatantrata ke baad ki baat kare to sabse zyada hindu ko target kiya in all aspect chahe terrorism ho ya dharm ho मैं तो यहाँ तक मानता हूँ मेरा व्यक्ति का ताकलन है आप क्लियर करेंगे मेरा पूरा पैनल हम लोग का क्लियर करेगा कि क्या वो मतलब मुगल शासन शुरू हुआ तब के बाद अगर सबसे ज्यादा कभी हिंदू धर्म को हर एंगल से टारगेट किया गया तो 2004 से 2014 तक तो मतलब कि इवन नेहरू जी के टाइम में जितना हिंदुओं पर जो मतलब हिंदू धर्म को टारगेट किया गया सिस्टमेटिकली उससे भी ज्यादा किया गया है दो से चौदह तक आप इस पर थोड़ा की मैं कितना सही हूँ क्या है आप थोड़ा बताइए अपनी राय बताइए मैं आपकी राय से शत प्रतिशत सहमत हूं लेकिन अभी तक जो हम लोगों ने बात की है पूरे सेशन में ये यही था कि वो उस समय का जो गवर्नमेंट था कांग्रेस का जिसमें कि बाय डिफॉल्ट सोनिया गांधी वाज द लीडर तो उन लोगों ने अपने पॉलिटिकल रीजंस के लिए ये नरेटिव बिल्ड किया टारगेट किया नहीं किया वो तो मैं नहीं बता सकता लेकिन ये नरेटिव जरूर बिल्ड किया कि हिंदू टेरर भी एक एंगल है जो कि एक ऑक्सीमोरोन है लेकिन अपने लोगों को या किस पर्टिकुलर मुस्लिम वोट बैंक को अपीज करने के लिए तो जो कि काफी एविडेंट है तो मैं आपसे एग्री करता हूं इसमें फर्दर मैं कुछ कमेंट ऐड नहीं करना चाहता also what i feel is as a layman hearing it i think it was uh, targeted at uh, the rss and also the uh, bjp so that they don't get votes in the future elections so that the even the hindus turn against them yeah on the hindsight we know uh, that it backfired kudos to you for analyzing the case so successfully this is expected from a cardinal accountant my which is to you now my question is in two parts one is that you said that perpetrators were not brought to book by by whom so it may be but in last seven years although mr ramakrishnan did ask a part of this which i wanted to ask but in last seven years why we could not bring separate cases against the perpetrators number 1 number 2 the provision in the criminal procedure code proviso to section 248 crpc which say that the court may permit the victim to engage an advocate of his choice to assist the prosecution means public prosecutor 
Now, even if the public prosecutor engaged by Congress Party or whoever you were telling in this talk, and I have no brief for that party, uh, please. Uh, uh, the court can permit the victim. Victim here means uh, those who were affected. Uh, they could engage a council of their choice who has a right to be heard. So, uh, uh, if you have any power, please suggest uh, that uh, the uh, the private council should be engaged in these cases to assist the victims. So, this was last part was suggestion. The first point was why the perpetrators had not been brought to books. Last seven years. It's a difficult question uh, because I don't hold any uh, any voice for the any party. Uh, but yeah, my expectation was that uh, from the present dispensation, that these cases will be pursued separately. Of course, uh, these many all these cases were fast tracked, and that is why Colonel Purohit or Asimanand. Uh, Pragya Thakur, they are all out uh, in on bail, but that was not enough. I have written very clearly, and I will repeat that uh, in my opinion, that the entire investigation, the government should put it into a bin and start fresh investigation and start fresh cases in the court. Then only we can reach to a conclusion, or justice can uh, justice can be given. Now your question is why this government is not doing that? Uh, uh, I have no answer, and that is my question as well. Thanks a lot for that uh, very systematic analysis of all these blasts. Um, I used to think about these blogs, but they were not as clear as now you have put it. Um, I have a comment and then I have maybe, I think that is a question. So comment is, uh, I've been listening to some of the questions which came earlier. And I think, I think it's, it's, it's very clear that, uh, you know, why the perpetrators are not brought to the book because as you rightly said, the Congress is out of the government, but is still very much present in the bureaucracy and the establishment. I mean, they have 70 years of their roots into the whole thing, and, and it's not easy to plug them out just like that. They have a huge fan following, still, um, mostly because people got a lot of economic benefits from them. Um, so, so that's a very clear answer. Why the government is not uh, doing anything about this case, I think government has taken a stand not to interfere too much with the judiciary, uh, at least where it's not necessary. And I think that's why we are not doing much about it. Now, my question to you is that uh, after all this has happened, and it is very clear that I think this all happened because whatever plans were laid out for the last 70 years, they were trying to put the final nail into the coffin of, of Hindus or in this country. Uh, of course, they, it just went haywire. That's a different story. Uh, but uh, like what you talked about uh, uh, Colonel Purohit, yes, the army person, and you said most likely he just knew too much and that's why he was targeted. Uh, but what about these other people? I mean, like... Uh, 
Asiman and I mean, uh, wasn't he a big known person? Uh, or Heman Karkare, for example. I mean, or these were just the pawns on the chessboard. I didn't know. I mean, uh, we didn't know about uh, Simanand or Pragya, any one uh, of them. E- even uh, Colonel Purohit, for that matter. Uh, we came about them only uh, later when we started reading about uh, the details of these cases. But uh, definitely, uh, Simanand used to wear uh, saffron clothes. Uh, and he was a Swami. Same was Sadhvi. Pragya was a Sadhvi and he used to wear. Uh, Bhagwa clothes. So these were big target. So to make uh, the cases look obvious uh, that the Hindus are behind these terror uh, conspiracies. That's my opinion. I, I may be wrong, but that I, I didn't know about these folks. I, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, and that's why I was wondering that uh, you know why these people because they were not very so-called very popular people amongst Hindus or something like that. Yes, they used to wear saffron things and all. So I was just wondering if, if, if there was something more than what meets the eye. Uh, so yeah, thank you. That's, that was my question. Thanks. Thanks. I, I just want to give an uh, answer to Rohi's question. Asimanand was a very known figure who was promoting Sanatan and Garvapsi in uh, dying area. And there were, he was running a feud with Evangelist. So uh, possibly he was fixed because of his uh, association with uh, uh, Gharvapsi. And my question to Bhushanji, thanks for being such, uh, for, for giving such an informative talk. See, uh, uh, such a thing can happen again. I, I don't think that uh, 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 this narrative cannot run 15, 20 years or 30 years from now. When things change, political politics change, and there may be a party which comes with the, with the, with the backing of uh, Islamists. The same narrative can be turned against Hindus because as such, we say, see a lot of Hindu phobia uh, all around the world. So we have to have some institutional mechanisms in place to prevent such a such a atrocity against Hindus or narrative against Hindus. What can we do to prevent such a occurrence in future? I totally agree with you. Uh, I believe uh, after the emergence of social media, things become much more difficult uh, to propagate uh, such conspiracies. And uh, the mechanism, there are many uh, people who have uh, now come to the fore, the Sangam Talk. There are other portals, other organizations, they are doing their job. So makes things much difficult, but I, I mean, that cannot be negated that it cannot happen. can always happen. But... Uh, 2004 to 2014, uh, rather I would say from uh, 95 to 2004, when uh, the in the Hindus were sleeping, and that is why that government came, and that is why uh, this mass uh, and the major financial uh, malpractices happened. That was the time when uh, this entire Hindu narrative was built, and which backfired. I think that it backfired. But it can always ha- happen again. Uh, we have to remain alert. And we that's that's all I can say. There was some issues. Uh, anyways, the question is like, uh, as we said that um, you know, the whole investigation should be scrapped 
and uh, we should uh, rather government or the judiciary or whomever the authorities should start reinvestigating the thing my simple question is rather i am just trying to understand after like 14 to 20 years almost uh, is it possible to dig out all the uh, evidences and uh, um, you know uh, the people who were witnesses and all to produce all these people in front of judiciary and then run this case from scratch and uh, if that is not possible or possible i don't know um, the studies by foreign investigative agencies is it possible to bring all those studies to the table and uh, get the justice to the table in uh, in uh, from that perspective is it possible look uh, if the government is willing it can be and uh, we cannot you cannot uh, underestimate the intelligence of our uh, investigating agencies if they want to uh, they are very well capable to investigate and uh, bring out the facts on the table whether they will i have a doubt but uh, if the government is willing to pursue it and if the government wants to bring out the facts on the table forget about 14 years it can bring out facts uh, from 140 years as well Um, they are well capable of uh, that. Shwetan ji, namaste. Thank you so much uh, for namaste. the session. Uh, my apologies, I joined a little late, so um, you probably must have discussed it. Now, uh, uh, my question—I'll I'll start my question after a small comment. So, when people say that, will it happen in the future? Are we not looking around us? Is it not happening? Just because it is not happening in the political arena doesn't matter. Doesn't mean it is not happening anywhere. It is happening on the streets. it is happening in the academia today so you as a community are vilified all the time and it has happened in the past it will happen till the time we are alive we have to understand this is not about hindu versus muslim or hindu versus christianity this is between the people who have a view between you know you choose either this or that versus a community that gives the freedom to choose what you want to choose so if we think it is not there today we are completely mistaken uh, the global conference just happened you know i i think it's not been even a week what is that about it is about this right when we say dismantling hindutva and uh, do you think it would be correct on my part or do you think i'm ignorant when i say that dismantling hindutva is not about rss and bjp we need to get out of that it is about dismantling you as a hindu you as a you as a community who worship the prakriti it is not today it is happening in academia because now they have the freedom there you will go and tackle it there they will move on to the next platform so do you think as a community we need to stop saying that you know the government is going to do do that's a government is not going to do that people have to do and b do you think we also need to understand it is not bjp it's not rss they cannot target you as a community so they are using them as a shield but at the end of the day you are the one who's going to pay when the you know when the riot happens on the street it is the common person it is the common hindu who is going to die not rss and bjp they could be from rss and bjp but they'll be killed for being a hindu and not for being an rss or bjp so do you think how do you think the society will wake up to understand it is not a threat of the past and it is not a threat of the present it is a past present and future so after all this rambling how do you think i as an adult 
will educate my child to understand that you don't have to fear anyone you don't have to hate anyone but you need to understand that this battle will go on and then how do we prepare our next generation i have younger nieces and nephews and i worry about them because i don't think this is going to change in the future um, if you could answer that i cannot agree more actually uh, i totally agree with you uh, it's not rambling it is it is the inner you which is coming out uh, my take is the same but uh, from time immemorial uh, we are a community like this we 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 wake up only when we are called so uh, i think that is what hinduism is in a nutshell so it will go like this uh, people will get targeted uh, will wake up when time comes and will keep on moving nothing to worry worry but we have to be alerted we have to remain alerted there is no harm in saying that i am a hindu i am a proud hindu i mean when uh, people start feeling uh, that how can they uh, say they are a hindu i mean there is nothing wrong i mean uh, people go for uh, i mean send their kids to read the uh, quran they send to see granth sahib we also have to start i mean that okay i mean before sending our daughter for a dance class she also has to learn a few basics at least panchatantra if not ramayan so that, that will bring and uh, i am not very uh, worried about it. okay as to but yeah we have to remain alerted i mean uh, one shwetang among 10 is enough to take care of uh, so and there are many i mean uh, there are plenty of people who are working for the cows and there is a party i don't believe in a party and religion and this but uh, there are many organizations there are many temples there are many societies they are all doing their job we need not be worried about it the propagation will happen political conspiracies will carry on mm, we have to be uh, remain alert that's all there is a gujarat connection to this whole saffron terror thing i mean like the charge sheet filed by the rajasthan ats in ajmer in 2007 it named uh, two people who had links to gujarat sadhvi pragya and asima nand sadhvi pragya has her family based in surat while asimanand was uh, as uh, dr rajiv just said that he was targeting the christian missionaries uh, so was there a kind of linkage to narendra modi seeing him as somebody as a gujarat development model because there was constant so was this somehow linked to getting a gujarat and because asimanand and all are not known nationally so it's easy to target not a ramdev but asimanand and he has a connection to gujarat so how come these two people from gujarat i actually won't be able to make a connection uh, like that uh, but i'm pretty uh, confident and uh, we know for the fact that the congress identified uh, narendra modi way before bjp identified him that uh, he is going to be a potential threat so after 2002 uh, when uh, he was targeted like uh, crazy we we all know that uh, for he was targeted for almost 10 years 11 years from 2002 to till 
in fact in the ishra jahan case the terrorists were there to assassinate him because he was becoming a uh, such a threat whether that was uh, connected through a simanand or not uh, i i would not make any comment because i'm actually not aware about that so more than question i just wanted to kind of uh, make a comment on what jasoda ji said which was on a lighter note maybe there should be something called a hindu terror uh because i think it is very important for others to have you know start getting a little bit terrified of us i think we need to turn the tables uh but more seriously i think uh, in my opinion what is happening is uh, as jasoda ji said and we all agree that this thing will continue they will keep coming up with their own versions of you know the, the khaljis and the temurs and and all of that and we have to keep producing our hamir singhs and shivajis and and lakshmi bai and and subhashan bose i think the problem today is we are not seeing these kind of people coming up but we have to very proactively ensure that this keeps happening so that's all what i have to say i have a question i agree but i accept the the term called people need to be terrified uh, they we can live uh, without that and we can do well i'm thankful to you shwetang ji for writing that article which inspired this talk and uh, we look forward to many such uh, people like you who uh, you know contribute on the open internet and uh, you know enlighten us uh, via your writings and your research i mean you are a chartered accountant but your interest in this is something which i think our ancient gurukul system also taught us that we have to have interest in all subjects <laughs> not just stick to one so you're also and uh, i request all our esteemed audience here also we have uh, mediums like creately like medium.com my end and a lot of other such websites that uh, wants you to write about something that you have researched these are open websites you can uh, make your username password and start writing anything i think it contributes majorly to a lot of uh, knowledge because all of us here i think somehow we have some research in our minds that we would like to put across to the society so shwetang ji has taken the call uh, please all uh, of you also do that yeah my thanks to uh, sangam talks to you especially uh, to think that i can talk about it and uh, many thanks to the audience as well to uh, spare their time i hope uh, i contributed a little uh, i would suggest to people who are interested in this topic to read uh, rvs money's uh, book uh, called hindu terror which has, which is far more detailing than the article although i wrote the article way before the book came but still i mean that i i would suggest and many thanks uh, pleasure was all mine